Welcome to the Gateway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here. We pray God speaks to you through this message and through His Word today. For more information about our church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Now let's tune in to this week's message. Well, hey, 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 how are you doing this morning? You doing well? Oh, come on. Are you doing well? Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, it's good to, it's good to be here. It's good to have you here. Uh, my name is Isaac. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I'm glad that I get to be with you today. Um, before we get started, I want to welcome our Tempe campus who's joining us, as well as all of those of you watching online. We're so glad that you're able to be here, that you're able to worship with us um, today. And of course, everybody here, uh, so glad that you're here. Hope you had an incredible weekend, Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you got to share it with some people that you love and uh, care about. And um, hope you're able to be thankful this weekend. I know I was with, with our family, and we're so glad that you're here. And I want to welcome those of you who might be new here. Maybe this is your first time here, or maybe you've been here a couple weeks, but you're, you're new and, and maybe getting plugged in or whatever. We're just so glad that you're here. Uh, as Preston says, you obviously have somebody in your life that cares about you more than you know, that they would want you to be here, uh, that they would do everything they can to get you here, bribe you here, trick you to get here. However you got here, we're glad that you're here. Uh, we believe it's on purpose, for purpose, and I uh, believe that God's going to speak to us today. Like I said, my name is Isaac. I want to encourage you, open up your Bibles to Psalm chapter 24. Psalm 24, and then go ahead and put a marker in Matthew chapter 25. We're going to read there as well, and Matthew 25 is going to kind of frame kind of where we're going for today. Psalm, Psalm chapter 24, verse 1 through 2, says this. It says, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein, for he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. The world and all those who dwell therein. Matthew chapter 25, flip over there. Matthew chapter 25 is gonna come up on the screen as well. Verse 21, Jesus is telling a story and uh, begins by saying the kingdom of heaven is like, goes on to tell this story. And in verse 21, Jesus is saying, he says, his Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Enter into the joy of your Lord. We're gonna talk for a few moments today I believe that God's going to speak to us. And the title of of today is Enter Into Joy. Enter Into Joy. If you're taking notes, go ahead, write that down. Enter Into Joy. We're going to pray and ask that God would speak to us. All right. God, thank you so much for this moment. God, thank you for today. Thank you for such a beautiful weekend. Um, God, we thank you for your presence that's here. God, we recognize and we say that because you're here is the only reason that we're here. God, there's a lot of other places that we could be, but you're here, and so we wanted to be with you. God, we're thankful for your presence. God, we ask that as we dive into your word today, that you would speak to us, that you would show us who you are, what life is really all about. And God, I pray that we would see you in a new way. God, that you would speak to us. Holy Spirit, that you would speak to us even today, even now, even this week. God, our desire here in this room, God, is that as we leave here, that we would leave a little bit different, a little bit closer to you than when we came in. In Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. 
Amen. Amen. Hey, if it's all right with you, we're just going to jump right in um, today because we can. And uh, so we're just going to jump right in to Matthew chapter 25. Like I said, I hope you had a great, a great weekend. But hey, here in Matthew chapter 25, um, Jesus is talking and Jesus is telling this story as he often does. And he begins this story, this parable by saying, hey, the kingdom of heaven is like. And anytime Jesus says the kingdom of heaven is like, he's obviously giving us a window into what heaven is like. Um, but at the same time, what he's really doing, he's, he's also showing us who God is like, what God is like, what life maybe in fact should be like. It's not just that heaven is this way, it's that this is how God operates. This is how we operate. This is how life really should be. And we know that because in Matthew chapter six, Jesus says, as the disciples approach Jesus and say, hey, like, how do we pray this? I don't know how to do this. Jesus says, hey, when you pray, pray like this, that your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we see that the reality is that while we're here on this earth, our goal, the goal is that heaven would invade earth and that we would look, operate how God does, that we would actually operate that way here. I don't know if, if this is shocking, but the reality, like the goal of life is not that heaven would ultimately look more like this. I hope you don't put too much stock in what you like or enjoy here, because the reality is this is not our home. This is not where we belong. That's why Jesus says in, in scripture, he says, I go to prepare a place for you. Okay, this is not our, our, our home. And so the kingdom of heaven, the, the goal is that we would be good stewards of what God has given us, the life that he's given us, and, and do what we can to make earth look a little bit more like heaven while we're, while we're while we're here. And in Matthew 25, verse, uh, Matthew 25, in, I think it's verses like 14 through, through here to 21, Jesus is telling a story. And, and this story, maybe many of you may have heard this story, but Jesus is basically laying out uh, here in, tw in 21, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. The story is that there's this man who is traveling. The kingdom of heaven is like this man who is traveling and he puts his servants um, in charge of some of his resource. He gives five talents to one, four, or two talents to another, and one to another person. And Jesus is telling this story and saying, hey, the guy who had five turned it into 10. The guy who had two turned it into four. The guy who had one buried it. And, and he, he, he begins to identify and highlight something about those that stewarded well. He says, going back to verse 21, enter into the joy of the Lord. We see a window into what the kingdom of heaven is like, what God is like, what, what earth ought to be like, is that as we steward well, we seem to enter into this place called joy, a place called joy. This is not a feeling. Jesus is not talking about joy in the sense that it's a feeling. He's, he's referring to it, honestly, enter into the joy of the Lord as if it were a place we can exist, a place where we can dwell while we're here that is not determined by the ups and downs of life. How many of you would love to kind of sit in that place? Maybe right now you need a little bit of joy, right? Maybe like that could be helpful. 
enter into joy. It's this place where we are with him. It's this place where we, it's this eternal hope. Many scholars in, in, in regards to this verse speak of the fact that obviously Jesus is speaking of heaven. He's speaking of this, this access that we'll get in eternity um, to God and, and, and this relationship that we'll have. But many scholars would say that Jesus is actually, again, also referring to while we're here on earth, that it would be more like heaven that there would be this joy that we can sit in, that we can dwell in, that again is not determined by what we experience in life, but rather the presence of our King. That while we're here, though this is not our home, that we, that there's this place we enjoy to go. It makes me think of the park by my house. Um, If I can make such a comparison. Um, My daughter uh, is about two and a half years old now and every morning when I go into her uh, bedroom, by the way, this is like the best part of the morning. Her hair is all over the place. Um, And I always noticed that like, I didn't put her pajamas on that way. Okay, you know, parents, you know what I'm talking about? Like one leg, like her pants are all the way up, they're backwards, her arm is out of the neck of her shirt. I'm like, I didn't, I'm pretty sure I didn't do that. and, and, but, but regardless, she wakes up and she's all over the place and she obviously slept well. Um, and the first thing that my daughter says right now, like she's in this phase where every single morning she wakes up, she goes, daddy, go to the park, go to the park. She is so excited to go to the park. She just, she longs to be at this park. No matter what, any time of the day, you say, do you wanna go shopping? No, I wanna go to the park. Do you wanna go, which in a few years is gonna be fantastic because she wants to go to the park rather than shopping. But even at night, I put her down for bed and the last thing she says, I'm like, Hisraya, take a deep breath. <sighs> okay, close your eyes. We're gonna go to bed. And she's like, daddy, go to a park in the morning? Or go to a park. It's as if to say like, I'll sleep, but I just wanna be clear. You know, and everybody else knows like we're going to the park in the morning, right? Like that's what this is leading. Cause if not, I'm not going to sleep, right? And of course we end up at the park every morning and every afternoon. She loves it. We walk there. And I wonder if that actually might be a little bit more how we should live on this earth while we're here. I wonder if if this place called joy is very similar to the park near my house for my daughter, that 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 park, it's not home, that 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 she has a home. She has a home and it's it's pretty awesome. Like she gets everything done for her, like it's pretty great. But there's this place, the park, that she loves to go. And when she's not at home, she will do anything to be there. And she will do everything to not leave there. I wonder if if that's actually how life should actually be lived, that there's this place called joy and that we as Jesus followers would recognize that this is not our home. But while we're here, oh, there's this place called joy. It's this place where we, it seems as though the kingdom of heaven, the presence of Jesus and myself kind of intersect on this earth and I can live and walk and talk with him and, and be in this place called joy that is not influenced by outside circumstances, but rather the presence of a king. I want to be there. Doesn't that sound like a pretty great place to be? Especially in a year like this right? Like nothing has gone how you wanted it to go. 
Those dreams you had coming into this year haven't materialized, but yet there's a place called joy. Jesus is telling us that, that we can exist and we can dwell while we're here on this earth with him. I, I kind of want to be there. I kind of want to live a little bit more in that space. You see, this, kinda, this thought kind of comes from some of these conversations I've got the opportunity to have with, with some incredible people in our church over the course of the last couple of weeks as we've been a little bit more comfortable and, and, and we've been able to get out a little bit and whether it's in the office or at a coffee shop or, or, or at the park, um, getting to hang out and just talk about life and how are you doing and where are you at and how are you feeling? And it just seems like there's this, there's this sense of like, kind of tired. I, I'm exhausted. One of the things that I hear often is, oh, I can't wait for 2020 to be over, right? I can't wait for this all to just go away. I can't wait for 2021. I cannot wait for this to happen or to go back to normal or this or that or whatever. And there's this, I, there's this sense of like, I've tried to make something out of nothing and it hasn't worked and I just can't anymore. I wonder today, are you tired are you exhausted a little bit? Are you sick and tired of trying to make something out of nothing? I wonder where are you at right now in your life? Does it resemble that of some of these conversations? And to be honest, I, I get it. I, I, I've been there, I get it, but it, that, that thought kind of scares me a little bit. See, because the reality is the only thing we're guaranteed is today. The only thing we've got is today. And we don't have time nor the ability to just sit and wait for something else to happen. We don't have time to sit and wait for 2020 to come or this to happen or this to take place. No, today is all we've got, which leads us to stewardship. See, in Matthew 25, Jesus is telling this story and it's as if he's saying that stewardship in its truest form, in its most purest form, is what actually leads us to this place called joy. Now, I understand as I say stewardship, 90% of us in this room immediately just thought about money. But I want to clarify that stewardship is so much more than just about money. It's, it's, it's so much bigger than that. It's about, it's about your life. It's about you. Look at Ephesians chapter three and verse 20. The Bible says, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, right? Like right now, that's kind of where we stop, right? Like we've gone, we've done enough in 2020 that like we're kind of at that point now, right? Where it's like, God, exceedingly abundantly, I want that. And we stop because we're not really ready for the next part. According to the power that is at work within you, within me that he wants to use us, that in fact, he wants to work in and through you and me. In other words, there, there are some things about my life, my life itself, that I must steward in order to see the exceedingly and abundantly happen in my world around me, okay? And so, as we talk about stewardship for the next few moments, I wanna clarify what stewardship really is, okay? I wanna clarify what stewardship really is. And if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to write this down. I don't know the whole that. I don't know that the whole definition is going to be on the screen, but the part that you need to know is going to be on the screen, okay? So stewardship is this. As we talk about stewardship, this is what we must keep in our mind. Good stewardship is recognizing that all that I have 
and all that I am has been given to me by God and is to be used wisely in furthering the work of God and bringing glory and honor to him. Simply put, stewardship is worship. Stewardship is worship. Look at what it says in John chapter three, verse 27. Jesus answered and said, a man, or sorry, John answered and said, a man can receive nothing unless it is given to him from heaven. Psalm 24, we read it to begin today. The earth is the Lord's and it's in all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. Hear me today. Even you are not yours. My life is my responsibility, but it is not my own. Nothing I have is mine. Everything has been given to me by God. And the reality is I think most of us tend to think of stewardship just as the stuff I own. But I wanna challenge that perspective today and hopefully open our eyes to see that stewardship is even to understand that you, everything that makes up who you are is a gift from God and is to be used wisely in furthering the work of God and bringing him glory and honor. It's not just about your stuff. In fact, stewardship is so much more than that. It's about your life. It's about living a life that glorifies God with everything that we are. It's so much more than money. In fact, stewardship is, is so much more, it's, it's worship. And I think that's why the Bible tells us that to live is Christ and to die is gain. That, that actually he is what all of this is about. It's not about accumulating. It's not about producing. It's not about hustling. It's about worship. It's about him. It's that everything comes from him. Everything belongs to him. And my hope today is not that we would see stewardship as some ritual or some sense of producing, but rather that we would see it as an act of worship, as a means of worship to the king. So I want you to write this down, one-liner. This is like now we just, it's like everybody who speaks up here like has to say a one-liner because that's like Preston's thing, right? So this is my one for the day. You can write this down. Here's the one-liner. Stewardship is not a tryout for the kingdom. It's worship for the king. It is not this like, hey, let's just see what you can do with $5. No, it's do you live your life as if it's not yours to honor and glorify the Lord. Stewardship is not about working harder. It's about worshiping more in all things. I live to worship the king. Okay, again, stewardship is recognizing that all that I have and all that I am has been given to me by God is to be used wisely in furthering the work of God, bringing him glory and honor. And Jesus in Matthew chapter 25 is showing us that, he says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the Lord. I wanna be there. If 2020's taught me anything, it's I wanna be at the park. I, I wanna be in that place of joy with me and the Lord that no matter what comes my way, no matter what happens, no matter what I get or don't get, no matter what, what happens in this world, that I've got him and that's all that I need, that he is what my life is about. So what, is that, what does that look like? What does a life like that look like? What does stewarding my life in such a way that leads me to that place look like? Number one, write this down. It means recognizing that it's not about me, it's about him. It's not about me, it's about him. And because it's about him, it's about them. 
It's about others. That in fact, not only is your life and my life not about me, it's about him. Like we're not even the second person our life is about. It's others. God wants to work through you and in you so that others may see and know him, may see and experience what the kingdom of heaven is like. Here's the deal. I think I'm pretty awesome, okay? I'm just not that awesome in comparison to God. Like you're, you're a big deal, okay? I'll give you that. Like, like you're, you're a big deal. You're just really not that big of a deal in comparison to God. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like in my little world, I kind of am like it. Like I'm like in my house, like I'm the man. But in reality, I'm not really that fantastic. It's him. It's all about him. Even the, even the best things that I've done with my life. Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter three, verse, verse 21. It says, to him be the glory. I don't know, spoiler alert for you, but even the best thing you do in your life is not gonna come back to benefit you. It's not about you. It's not about any sort of promotion or this or that or the other. What is it? It's to glorify God. The best thing you and I can ever do is simply to glorify God. My life is about glorifying God. It's not about me. And as I make it about him, he actually makes my life about serving others. And I see if I want to enter this place called joy, if I want to live in this place called joy, my life has got to be less about me and more about him. More about him. Because I have a tendency to fail. Like I have a tendency to screw up. Don't you? Maybe I'm the only one in the room. Maybe I'm the only one watching online that has that tendency. But I have a tendency to like get angry every once in a while. And if my life was about me, it would be a roller coaster that I don't want to be on. But it's about him. He knew you were going to make those choices. He knew you were going to say that. He knew you were going to do that. And yet he says, hey, I want to work in you and through you too. Even still. To serve others. So, number one, makes me think of this song. Uh, My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself I give myself away. Old school gospel song back from when I lived in Atlanta. But I give myself away. See, the reality is my life is not mine. My life is my responsibility to steward, but it's not my own. My kid is my responsibility to steward, but she's not my own. My home, my influence, my life, it's not my own. It's about him. Number two, write this down. It's not about here, it's about there. If I want to live in this place called joy, I got to understand that the part of living my life is recognizing that it's not about here. It's about there. That this, in fact, is not my home. Again, like we said at the beginning, that's why Jesus says, hey, I go to prepare a place for you. In other words, don't get too comfortable with where you are right now. Don't get too comfortable with this life, with this home, with this whatever, with what you got, with your job, because just know it's temporary. It's not it. There's more for you. This is not your home. The Bible also refers to us as foreigners of this earth, that this is simply a place we're passing through. 
oh, that we would steward here well while we're here, but know that it's not about here, it's about there. Everything that we do, everything that we are, how we live, how we act, how we serve others is about not producing more on this earth, but rather populating heaven. That's what this is all about. Look at what Hebrews says in verse, uh, chapter 11, verse 13. The Bible says this about these heroes of the faith, these men and women of faith. He says, these heroes all died still clinging to their faith, not even receiving all that had been promised them, but they saw beyond the horizon the fulfillment of their promises and they gladly embraced it from afar. They all lived their lives on earth as those who belong to another realm. I wonder today if we were to ask ourselves that question, is that how I'm living today? Does the way I live my life today reflect that I know I'm not from here, that I know that this is not my home? Heaven is my home. Here is not my home. Again, Jesus says in Matthew 6, says, hey, pray that the kingdom, your kingdom come, your will be done here. That that is the goal. That's the standard. That is where we belong. But while we're here, let's make it look a little bit more like heaven, shall we? You know, when I was growing up, we moved around a bunch. We, we moved all over the place. And some of it was when I was a kid with my parents. Some of it was in, was in college. Some of it was, was with my wife and my daughter now, just moving a bunch. There, there was a, I can't, I forget the time um, of how much we moved, but it's like six different states, three of which I think it's like two or three different times. Like it was a bunch. And, and in fact, if, you know, you can't probably tell the way I talk, but, but I was actually born in Minnesota. Lived there for nine months, I think, somewhere around nine months, and then we moved. And so I, I really don't remember much of that. I don't rem- then we moved to Nebraska. Really don't remember much of Nebraska, aside from the stories that my parents told me because I was so young. Moved to Michigan, then California, then Atlanta, and then kind of back through all of those again before coming here to Arizona. And, and it's funny that, it, you know, anytime I was talking to somebody even actually last week, and they're like, hey, so like, where are you from? And I'm like, hey, do you, like, do you have a minute? Like, can we sit down? In fact, how about we, you want to go to coffee? Because we're going to need, I got to have to explain some things to you. Because you got to understand, like, though, like, my wife and I, were kind of from California. Like, that's where we moved here. That's where our family started. But, like, in reality, I'm from, I, I wonder, I wonder if when people ask us, where are we from, we should probably preface it by saying, do you have some time? Because I need you to understand I'm not from here. I wonder if that actually should be more of how we view this life. That, that, hey, hold on, like, do you got a second? Do you have, you wanna go to coffee? Because hey, I, I gotta tell you something, I, I, I'm, not, I'm not actually from here. In fact, I'm, I'm on my way to eternity with Jesus and, and that, that's actually where I'm from. I, I'm, just, I'm just passing through here. And this, this really isn't about here, it's about like, I live my life for, to go home. I wonder if that should be a little bit more of how we describe and relate to people here and our life in general. That we are not from here. But while we are here, your kingdom come, your will be done. Use us, Lord. And number three. Number three is this. If I'm gonna live in this place called joy, 
I gotta steward my life in such a way that, that shows others that this is not a job, but it's a mission. See, stewardship is not a job, it's a mission. It's, it's, it's not about producing, like we said, it's not about ascending. This isn't a clock in, clock out, I'm just trying to get to retirement and get through this life. No, this is a mission. And I, I wonder if I could pose a question to you today, do you spend more time viewing your life through the lens of working for God or with God? Because we're about to enter a holiday season where we're gonna talk a lot about Emmanuel, God with us. And I just, I just wanna submit to you that maybe life is a little bit more about working with God in all things than it is working for God. See, the, the, it's, about, it's about understanding that your life every day is a mission that you're on with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And see, this is why it's so important that whether you're 12 or 85, your life matters, it matters, today matters. We need you. You're retired, I know, but we need you. I need you. Young people need you. We, it, it matters, every day matters. I, I think of this couple in our church and if I were to, if I were to say their names, many people, especially here at the Scottsdale campus, would know who this couple is. You probably have interacted with them, talked with them, uh, seen them in the lobby, whatever. And as I tell the story, some of you may be like, oh, I know who that is. Um, so this couple in the church that, that many of us would consider, would consider older. They're an amazing couple. My wife and I absolutely love them. My daughter looks for them every single time we come on the weekend. Um, they're an amazing couple. And, and when we first moved here, there was probably a few months in, um, my wife was working at the time. And so they invited me to come to dinner. And I said, hey, my wife's actually working. She's a nurse, she's at the hospital. So they're like, that's okay, we'll take you out to dinner. And, and they invited me to dinner and they took me, they took me to dinner, they paid for everything. They like, they covered everything. And, and we just got to talk about life and, and they shared a little bit about wisdom. And he was teaching me about like financial stewardship and all these things. And even still, like he'll come up and he'll, he'll like talk to me about like stocks and like saving and like all these types of deals. And, and our relationship has grown and they're such amazing, wonderful people. And, and there's something about them that you know, like, and I'm not the only person and I've watched them over the course of five years of me being here take probably every single person under the age of 30 on our staff out to dinner, two on one, every single one. And I'm sure that it's not just them, but that that's probably happened with about a dozen of you as well. See, they, they recognize that they're on a mission. They're not on a, some job that they're waiting to retire from. They live their life every day knowing that today's all I've got. Today's it. God, use me. And they've spoken into so many young people's lives and taught them everything from financial stewardship to wisdom. They understand that everything that they've been through is something to steward so that others might see God and know what the kingdom of heaven is like while here on this earth. They live their life on mission. And I don't know about you, but I wanna live like that. I wanna be like that. I want people to speak of me like that. The man, he lived his life on a mission. It wasn't a job to him. 
the gifts that he had, the things God provided, the things that God did. It wasn't a job. He's on a mission. It's not about him. It's obviously not even about here because he's about something more. I wonder, is that what our, what our lives look like? Ephesians 3 verse 20 in the Passions Translation says this, never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. Going on, it says, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. He needs you. He's working with you. He's working through you. You matter. This life matters. Today matters. God wants to do something in and through you. And we don't have time to just sit and say, I can't wait for 2021. I'm just, I'm done. I'm tired. The reality is God still wants to do something in and through you. Today, there is something that each of us have to steward, a life to steward. And as we do, as we steward our life in such a way that says, it's not about me, it's about him, it's not about here, it's about there. This isn't a job, this is a mission that I'm on with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Jesus shows us in Matthew chapter 25 that there is a place called joy that we can exist, that we experience. Why? Because life is not determined by what I do or how I do. But it's that I live my life in complete worship to him. It's what it's about, you know. My life, your life, it's your responsibility, but it is not your own. My life is my responsibility, but it is not my own. All of this is about him. And when we make it about him, there is a joy we enter into that cannot be taken away. So really quick, three things that God is asking us to steward is this. Number one, it's you. Steward you. Number two is his kingdom on this earth. That every day would be to steward his kingdom on this earth. And I'm done. Number three, today. Steward today. It's all you got, you know. It's all we have. Today is all I've got. And if I get the gift of tomorrow, then awesome, I'll use that as well. But for now, all I have is me and today. And would we live our lives in such a way that bring honor and glory to God in everything? that we would use our influence, our resource, my life, my gifts, my talents, everything that I have, would we recognize that it's not mine? That nothing I have, I actually earned or deserved. In fact, look at what it says in Philippians 2, verse 12 through 13. It says, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. It's not about us, you know. It's about him. Oh, that he would entrust us with that which is only his. Do you see that stewardship is really worship and that it really is just 
It's his grace, you know. I mean, come on, the fact that we have something to steward, the fact that you have a life right now is proof that God's grace is at work in your life. The fact that you have anything right now, breath in your lungs, family at home, job purpose, all of it is proof of God's grace in your life because none of it is yours, you know. It's all his. Everything is his. And Matthew 25 shows us that, you know, is living this kind of life easy? Absolutely not. It's not easy to know that nothing is mine, but everything should be used to glorify him. But see, the reality is it's not our job just to steward the good, but to steward the bad as well. To understand that everything is an opportunity to worship the Lord, to draw attention to him and his kingdom. You know, I think this is why, and we look at people, and there's some wonderful people in this church who have experienced some major, major tragedies in life. It's not fair. It's not easy. It's hard. It hurts. Some of that pain never goes away. But I look at people who have experienced what we would consider some of the worst things that any human could ever experience. And, and I wonder how in the world is it that they can hope like that when they have every reason not to? How in the world do they have a smile on their face when that's what they've been through? How? How can they care for people so much still despite the way that they've been hurt? And I wonder, I just wonder, and I'm submitting this to you, maybe they figured out that life is not about them, that life is not about here, that life, that this is not home, that there is something greater. And yes, it hurts. Does it take it away? Absolutely not. But there's a place called joy that maybe they have found on this earth. Maybe they're at the park. Maybe they found that park. That yes, it's not home, but it is that place where the kingdom of heaven, that the presence of God and myself here on this earth seem to intersect in such a way that allow me to stand in confidence of my God knowing that he's with me. No matter what life throws at me, it's gonna be okay. We're going to make it. Enter into joy. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? See, there's hope, you know. There's joy. There's a place called joy that I want to be. I want to live there. While I'm here, I want to live there. with him and understand that it's not about me or here or anything oh what a beautiful place that must be you can be there you know I, I know you lost some things in 2020 I know some dreams haven't materialized I know some things have not taken place but you can enter into joy may I submit to you that the way 
to get there is a life of stewardship, a life of worship to him. Just a moment, I'm going to pray and we're going to stand in worship and there's a lot of ways that we could end today. There's a lot of ways that we can end right now. But to be honest, I think the most fitting way is for us to worship. And as we do, I want to encourage you with two things. The head bows and your eyes closed. You've been through a lot this year, I know. Everybody's experienced this year in many, many different ways. But the reality is the life you have and every blessing that you see is further evidence and ought to be proof to you that God's grace is at work in your life. He wants to use you, you know. So here in a moment, as we worship, I want to encourage you, think of that grace. See that grace. That which we never earned or don't deserve, but yet we got because he took what we deserved so that we could experience all that he, Jesus, deserved, and that is life. And I want to encourage you with one question, and that is, what is the Holy Spirit speaking to you? How ought you to respond to this? Maybe you need joy. Maybe you've been pressing, producing, trying to ascend, trying to get there, trying to make something out of nothing of this year. And God says, hey, like, can you, can we, can we just pause for a second? Can we make this about what it's really about? Holy Spirit, I pray as we worship, reveal to us what it is we ought to do, how we ought to respond. Thank you, Jesus, for your presence here for your presence each and every day of our life. God, we see the grace that is at work in our life. God, would we be found good stewards of everything that you've given and everything that you've made us to be? And would we enter into a place called joy with you? While we're here, we want to be there. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you stand? all over this place and as we stand come on let's turn our eyes to heaven let's see heaven let's see him see the grace that's at work in our life come on let's respond with worship today this is my desire to honor you and Lord with all my heart I worship you
today. For more information about Gateway Church, please visit us at gatewaylife.com. Have a great week.